This video is brought to you by Bellroy. Today, Spain's Pedro Sánchez is poised to remain in power despite protests. The UK Supreme Court strikes down the government's flagship refugee policy, and Xi Jinping arrives in San Francisco to meet Joe Biden. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday, the 15th of November, 2023. Spain's Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez is poised to win a new term as Prime Minister, as lawmakers begin a debate and eventual vote on his investiture, capping off a long process that began nearly four months ago with an inconclusive election. It's a remarkable turnaround for Sánchez, who called the snap parliamentary election after his socialist party and its leftist allies suffered a bruising result in local elections, and commentators widely expected the next government to be a coalition between the Conservative People's Party and the far-right Vox. But for the socialists and their coalition partner Sumar to form a new government, they needed to win the support of Catalan separatist parties who ended up as kingmakers in the divided parliament. After a period of negotiation, Sánchez secured the backing of the pro-Catalan independence Junts party in exchange for a controversial bill granting amnesty to those involved in the unsuccessful separatist push over the last decade, which reached its climax with the 2017 referendum, which was deemed illegal and unconstitutional. But while the amnesty is enough to secure Sánchez's reinvestiture as Prime Minister, it sparked considerable anger from his opponents, with tens of thousands taking to the street in protest. These took on an international dimension, as the notorious right-wing US talk show host Tucker Carlson attended in person to rev up the protests. Right-wing political parties are making attempts to block the amnesty law and the investiture vote. Spain's Supreme Court today rejected a request by Vox to suspend the parliamentary session, despite the party's leader previously saying he hoped that judges would use all the tools at their disposal to stop what he described as a coup d'etat. Meanwhile, the People's Party has urged the EU to intervene, claiming that the amnesty demands the kind of response the EU has taken to the undermining of the rule of law in places like Poland and Hungary. For his part, Pedro Sánchez has said the amnesty is necessary to defuse the Catalan conflict and will allow the country to move on. Back in 2021, his government pardoned a number of imprisoned Catalan independence leaders, a move which sparked protests at the time but arguably calmed tensions in Catalonia as pro-independence parties saw their vote share decline in this year's election. Sánchez is evidently a political survivor, but becoming Prime Minister is just the first hurdle of this parliament. The handful of separatist and left-wing parties supporting him to form a new government come from very different political camps. His coalition with Sumar will be a minority government, so passing legislation could be a major challenge requiring a lot more negotiation. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. In a major blow for the British government, the UK Supreme Court has unanimously ruled that the government's plan to deport asylum seekers to Rwanda is unlawful, upholding a decision by the Court of Appeal. The plan had been the flagship policy in the government's drive to stop the influx of people crossing the English Channel in small boats to claim asylum in the UK. But no flights to Rwanda have taken off due to the drawn-out legal battle. 
Lord Reid, the Supreme Court's president, said that the court concluded the policy was unlawful because there are substantial grounds for believing that asylum seekers removed to Rwanda would face a real risk of ill treatment. Specifically, that there was a risk that genuine refugees would be returned to their country of origin by Rwandan authorities. A process known as refoulement. The court also raised Rwanda's poor human rights record. The Supreme Court described non-refoulement as a core principle of international law, with protections against refoulement established by several international treaties and domestic UK legislation. The decision has been welcomed by refugee and human rights organisations, and at the time of writing, it's not clear how the UK government will proceed. Technically, the UK court did not rule on whether removing asylum seekers to third countries was lawful or not. It simply ruled that Rwanda was an unsafe country. China's President Xi Jinping has arrived in San Francisco for his first visit to the US since 2017, where he'll meet one-on-one -on -one with US President Joe Biden on the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. U.S. officials have billed the meeting as an opportunity to reduce frictions in the China-U.S. relationship, which have been exacerbated by things like their conflicting positions on Taiwan and the South China Sea, China's ties with Russia, and so on. The White House has said that the two leaders of the world's largest economies will discuss strengthening lines of communication and managing competition so it does not veer into conflict. For reference, China cut off direct military-to-military -military communication channels with the US after then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan last year. They're also expected to discuss global issues like the war in Gaza, with Biden likely to press Xi to use his relationship with Iran to address Iran acting in a, quote, escalatory, destabilizing way, and adding that the US and China both share an interest in de-escalation in the region. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., the U.S. House of Representatives have passed a temporary spending bill to avert a government shutdown ahead of a deadline in just a few days' time. The bill still needs to pass the Senate, where Democrats and Republicans have expressed support, before going to President Biden's desk for signing. The legislation funds the government through to early 2024 in two tiers, setting up two new government shutdown deadlines in January and February. Funding would be extended until January the 19th for some government agencies and programmes, while the rest will be funded through to February the 2nd. The legislation passed the House in a 336 to 95 vote, a victory for new Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson, who faced opposition from some of the more conservative members of his party, who wanted to see cuts to spending, including among other conservative policies. In the end, 93 Republicans voted against the bill, but it was able to pass the House as 209 Democrats voted for it, albeit somewhat begrudgingly to avert a government shutdown. Mike Johnson's predecessor as Speaker, fellow Republican Kevin McCarthy, was ousted by members of his own party angry at his reliance on Democratic lawmakers to pass a previous temporary spending bill. However, the hardline conservative faction of his party seem uninterested in ousting Johnson for doing the same thing for a few reasons. He's still a relative newcomer, is more friendly to that faction of his party than McCarthy ever was, and no Republicans fancy a repeat of the chaos that surrounded the recent election for the leadership. In some uplifting news, the US Food and Drug Administration has approved the world's first vaccine for the mosquito-borne chikungunya virus, which it described as an emerging global health threat. 
The FDA says the highest risk of infection is in tropical and subtropical regions of Africa, Southeast Asia and parts of the Americas, though it is spreading to new geographical areas. It can lead to severe disease and prolonged health problems, particularly for older people and those with underlying conditions. The vaccine's approval by the FDA is expected to speed up its global rollout. Now, when it comes to our journalism, you clearly expect us to provide high quality and responsible reporting. But shouldn't you also expect the same from the products you buy? I certainly do, and that's why for the last few years I've been exclusively using wallets, phone cases and passport cases from Bellroy, which is why I was super excited to hear that they wanted to sponsor some of our videos. As a loyal Bellroy user for the past few years now, I know quite how reliable and high quality their products are. My current phone case, for instance, is beautifully minimal in this stunning terracotta leather. That leather, by the way, is eco-tanned and achieved a gold rating from the Leather Working Group, recognizing excellence in environmental and labor practices. It's also just a beautiful, high-quality material that, in my experience, only gets better with age. Bellroy don't just talk about their environmental credentials either. They're also an officially certified B Corp company and have upcycled 10.5 million plastic water bottles, used 60,000 kilograms of industrial nylon cutoffs, and saved 15 million liters of water by using dry tan leathers. Their products are also just great to use. Designed around principles of minimalism, all of the Bellroy products that I've bought have been beautifully designed and easy to use, with their bags optimizing for functionality and efficiency, and their wallets are slimline enough to fit into any pocket. So find out why I've been using Bellroy for years now, and check out their huge array of products by clicking the link in the description. Plus, when you do, you'll get 10% off anything you order. Thanks to Bellroy for supporting the channel, and thanks to you for using our link.